I'm Rachel Balducci. You're listening to Spill the Tea, a product of Augusta University's Department of Communication. Hey everyone, this is Caitlin, Juliana, and Cynthia. Welcome to this episode of Spill the Tea. Before we begin this episode, we will be discussing true crime. And if that is a conversation that makes you uncomfortable, please take caution while listening to this. All right, so Caitlin, who are we talking about today? Today we're talking about JonBenet Ramsey. She was a pageant girl who was killed when she was only six years old. She was described as being an extrovert, and her and her family lived in Boulder, Colorado. Her mother was Patsy Ramsey, and she was also a beauty pageant queen when she was young, and she was also a stay-at-home mom. Her father was John Ramsey, and he was a successful businessman. Her half-brother was John Andrew Ramsey from her father's first marriage. He was 23 at the time of John Bidet's murder. And Burke Ramsey, who is her full brother, who was nine at the time of the murder. John, or Burke Ramsey is known for having a temper, and he... Okay. He, <laughs> he was also said that he hit John Bonet Ramsey in the face with a golf club a year before her murder. All right, so Juliana, let's get into how the murder happened. All right, so this murder occurred on the day of Christmas, December 25th, 1996. So let's walk through a timeline of how all this went down. So Patsy, JonBenet's mother, woke up around 5.30 to 6 o'clock a.m. on Christmas Day. As she walked down the stairs to wake up everyone, she saw three papers spread across the bottom step of the stairs. She then stepped over the papers and then read them. She saw the words on one of the papers saying, we have your daughter, and then immediately ran to John Bonet's room to find an empty bed. Patsy then called 911. So, Juliana, what was Patsy's first reaction? So, at first, not knowing where John Bonet was, she believed that it was immediately a kidnapping. They called the cops, and all the local cops came, and they searched the house, and no one was able to find John Bonet. Later, when the detectives came, they realized that several mistakes had been made regarding evidence. So let's go ahead and jump into what happened with this. So first off, friends of the family were all let into the house before detectives could even get there. All of this compromised evidence. Also, while doing a search throughout the house, no one was very thorough. So evidence was misplaced and a lot of things were also missed. The detective also asked John, the father, to look around to see if anything was missing. When this happened, John took a friend and they decided to start in the basement. They first went into a room that had no windows and found John Bonet's lifeless body. At first, the father's initial reaction was relief, surprisingly, but then he quickly realized that she was not alive. One of the most major points in compromising evidence was the fact that he carried her upstairs by rolling her up in a rug, which completely disturbed the crime scene. Patsy also decided to hold John Bonet until detectives asked for her to put her down. And while all of this was going on, there was absolutely no security at the crime scene. And so now let's talk about the injuries that John Bonet sustained that led up to this murder. When they found her, she had a rope around her neck and one end of said rope was tied to loop around her right wrist. She also had a fracture on the top of her skull from the front of her skull all the way to the rear part. She also had two stun gun marks on her face and back and there was multiple signs of a sexual assault. And regarding the three papers that Patsy, the mother, found, let's step into what those papers really read. So they were two and a half pages, 
and in this, they demanded a withdrawal of $118,000. And one part that we'll get into later is an interesting fact was John Ramsey. He was a millionaire. And that exact year, he had received a bonus of $18,000. The ransom note demanded that they put money into a brown paper bag and that they would call the following day around from 8 o'clock to 10 a.m. to instruct on delivery. The note also suggested that John get rest because the delivery would be exhausting, as well as it instructed the family to not speak to anyone or call the police. They said if they did call the police that she would be beheaded. And at the very end of this note, it was signed Victory SVTC. And the craziest part of this note is that it was written on paper from a notebook and pen that came from inside the house. All right. So what makes this merger so controversial? And why does the public think that the parents did it? This is where we're just gonna have some open conversations and talk about some of the theories that we think happened with this case. Okay, so pineapple evidence leads towards her brother, Burke. Um, there are so many conspiracies regarding this. Um, and then we have two other theories as well, and the intruder theory in which um, the intruder who supposedly went into this home, he knows how to get into the house without disturbing. So it could be somebody that the family knows. Um, the person definitely had to know where John Bonet's room is. Um, so in this theory, he, this intruder takes her from the room without disturbing anybody else in the family. He sexually assaults and kills her and then writes a ransom note in the house, which is really odd. Um, he forgot to take the pen, the paper, and the rope with him, so that was found inside the house. Um, and he also forgot that he killed her in the ransom note. Um, so this intruder theory, um, it leads us to believe that he wasn't flustered or hurried since he took so much time to just, I guess, plan, I guess write the note out, plan this out, he leaves her body in the house, which is very unusual, especially since he left a ransom note. Because typically when you leave a ransom note, it's like you want them to think that you still have the child mm -hmm. so that they deliver exactly on the money that they had promised. Um, this one, I think a lot of people have a lot of time, I guess, not being able to really believe it just mm -hmm. because it's so, I don't know. The not being able to, what am I trying to say? Like, I guess leaving the note and then leaving the dead leaving body the in body. the house just doesn't make any sense to me. No, it makes no sense. Why would you say that you're going to bring the daughter back but then leave the body in the house? That makes no sense. Because if they find the body, it's like, well, why on earth would I give them the money? Yeah. She's already dead and we found yeah, her. Exactly. It makes no sense. Um, and then there's also the family theory. Um, because only known people were in the house at that time. The prime suspects um, were probably somebody that the family knew, friends, family. Um, okay, and so the DNA and handwriting did not match during the, um, was it the no, right? Yes, so they tracked, they tried to see if the parents had the same handwriting as uh -huh. the ransom note. But it didn't match, and there I guess they couldn't find DNA. You know, it was back in the mm -hmm. back in the day, so <laughs> DNA samples were not as extensive or well I guess done they were able as they are now. Them either. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Um, 
And then another thing is that during the 911 call, um, there's an extra six seconds of audio in which some people try, some people have recently tried to decipher what those extra six seconds are. Um, some people came to hear Patsy saying, what did you do? Help me, Jesus. And we're not speaking to you. Um, this brings up the uh, the brother doing it theory yes. because um, with the pineapple being on the table in the kitchen, it leads some people to believe that Burke, especially known for his um, fits of rage, yes, he could have hit her when John Bonet was trying to just steal a little piece of pineapple. Yes. He could have lost his temper and just hit her across the head with something. Yes, exactly. Because it was said that night, um, December 24th, that he was eating pineapple mm-hmm. and that he had taken it as a snack because his DNA was found on the container. And then later when they were doing the autopsy, they found that same pineapple in John Bonet's stomach. So yes. I think that definitely kind of leads mm-hmm. to that conspiracy. And it wasn't fully digested either, so it... Mm-hmm. it it was fresh. Yes, yeah. it, was, it was fresh, yeah. <laughs> Had to happen, like, right after. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, but I can imagine, like, siblings, you know, they fight all the time, yes. especially, like, with these other cases of him hitting her or whatever. You know, that's just big brothers, you know? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've hit my younger brother, yeah. not, you know, expecting to do anything bad. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine, like, something accidentally happened and it went too far. Mm-hmm. And I personally think of the brother and the mm-hmm. no, What do, do y'all think? I do too. No, definitely after looking at the evidence, one thing that strikes me like the most about the case was how much evidence was just like misplaced because not even like the detectives or police, but because of the family themselves inviting friends and family mm-hmm. over to like help mourn and immediately, you know, grabbing the child, you know, mm-hmm. as she was dead, not letting anyone take evidence. Mm-hmm. And it really seems like if you really want to know like who committed this, you would make sure all evidence is preserved mm-hmm. as possible. Yeah. So I think it all just leads up in a very strange way. Because yeah. yeah. it could have happened that he lost his he lost his temper. Yes. He hit her across the head with something, not expecting to really kill her. Parents found her and were freaking out because they were like, oh wait, we just lost our child. I don't want to lose my other child. Yeah. Oh yes, exactly. Yes. So they could have definitely just tried to cover it up so that Burke I guess wouldn't have any real life repercussions for his accident. Yeah. And there was a lot of talk about like the interviews with him as well and like um, the interrogations Mm -hmm. with him and his character. I found that also extremely interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like he didn't show much remorse for it, which I would think, you know, sibling just died, I would be sad. But I didn't really get that vibe. And then he seemed so shut off from those questions. Yeah. I guess. When you ask a child a question, they're typically just very open, very honest, because, I mean, they don't really, I guess they don't know, like, any repercussions of anything, but it just seems like he was trained to try to avoid certain questions, to not answer certain questions. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Very, very suspicious all the way around. Yes. I think that's one of the most important parts, like, of this case, and I think that's why so many people are drawn to it, because of how strange Mm -hmm. and how things don't add up and no one knows like what really happened and how still to even to this day you know after this happened people are still trying to put the pieces together and figure out who exactly committed yeah. this it seems like the case keeps on resurfacing it keeps on being like opened up again people still wondering what it was it just opened up recently again yes. um with like new dna technology yes. and all that stuff um i haven't heard anything about it actually being solved no me either i know that they're testing something that I think they might have forgotten, or yeah. they're just trying again to test it to new suspects, but haven't heard anything as of lately. Yeah, you would yeah. think after, was it over 20 years, mm-hmm. that 
it would be done. Mm-hmm. Like, there would be no more evidence, but stuff keeps on resurfacing. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. It is. One thing that I also do find interesting is that apparently John and Patsy Ramsey did not cooperate with the police whatsoever. They immediately hired a lawyer and were never, like, completely, like, forthcoming mm-hmm. with our, like, what they were saying and, like, when they were being questioned. And, like, yeah. Cynthia said earlier, I think, like, once you lose one child, I think you kind of go into being protective of mm-hmm. your other children no matter what happened, especially in, like, a situation as mm-hmm. dire and unusual as this. Yes, yes. definitely. That, yeah, it's the protection type thing. Oh, definitely. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, there's been more things said. Um, like you said earlier, the things that I do find strange was if the plan truly was to kidnap her and to take the $118,000, why would they have killed her inside the house? I do find that extremely mm-hmm. weird. It seems... It's like if it was done by an intruder, it sounds like it was very poorly planned out because it yeah. seems, like we said, when you really sit down and look at the evidence, it seems more like a quote-unquote like fit of rage rather yeah. than like a strategically planned, you know, thought-out thing to really like have a plan to kill this person mm-hmm. and take this money, but instead it just seems like evidence was left on, like you said, like the rope that was used around her neck and her wrist was actually rope found inside the house. Yeah. And I know it was also, like, attached to, like, a paintbrush stick that was also, like, one of yeah. her paintbrushes. So it was, like... It just seems like a thing that happened just out of nowhere. Yes, like, it in the moment. Plans, like, there were no outside objects that were brought into the home. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But what I do find weird is that they found the whole reason that the intruder theory was as popular as it was and why the family wasn't as questioned as much as they could have been is because... They found footprints of boots that didn't like belong to anyone in the oh, family, yeah. and so like that also brings me back. And I'm like, well, what if the intruder like theory is true? Like, what if it was someone who um, John was working with, or one of his coworkers, mm-hmm. or something? It's like we really have no idea. Yeah, and it had to be someone close to the family because, like you said, they asked for one hundred eighteen thousand dollars, and that was the exact same bonus yes. that the dad got earlier that year. Mm-hmm. So it's someone who had to know the financial status of the family. I mean, they were a wealthy family, mm-hmm. but someone had to know. I mean, that's just so random, $180,000. Yes. Yes. They had to know that he had gotten that bonus mm-hmm. before. And the whole ransom note, very interesting, because obviously, you yes. know, like you said, they wrote it into that, like, wrote it inside the house. Mm-hmm. Why would you come into a house, kill and assault a child, yes. and then write the ransom note? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. That doesn't make sense. It had and to be. also, it happened, I mean, I've never committed a crime, but, yes. like, I know that, like, I would be, I guess, so high on the yes. just adrenaline. Like, you would be I vigilant. Have, yes, I wouldn't have time to write, a, like, a huge ransom note. Like, yes. that just seems like... Oh, it's true. Like, yeah. just, it's just very unusual. Yeah, it was two and a half pages. Ransom yeah. notes are usually, like, a page, you know? Yeah, or, yeah like, like, a sentence being, like, mm-hmm. this is what I want, this is yeah. what I'm going to do, and, like, this is what happens mm-hmm. if you don't, like, you know, mm-hmm. do what I say. And I yeah. think it's very strange that it was... Like I said, it feels like it was done, yeah, like, meticulously after to cover up someone's mm-hmm. tracks. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and they also practiced the note. So they wrote it, like, on a yellow, um, yes. on a yes. yellow legal pad. And so they practiced it. And then, I guess, they didn't like how it turned out, ripped the page, and started the new one. Which makes no sense either, because it's like, if you're going to have this meticulous note memorized in your head, I mean, mm-hmm. why go through it? And, and then practice. just practice. Yeah, practice it. It's like they were practi- practicing their handwriting. 
And that's another yeah. theory that people think that it could have been Patsy who wrote oh, it and was yeah. trying to practice it to make it look not like her handwriting. Oh, I haven't heard that one. Yes. Interesting. That is an interesting, like, the whole family theory I would find is interesting. Um, as well as even, like, if it was just people that worked with John or people that, like, were friends of him or family friends. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those cases that when you really sit down and look at all the evidence, it's just something that doesn't make sense. No. Yeah. Like, something's missing. Obviously, something hasn't added up because no one's been convicted mm-hmm. of this crime. This crime happened, like you said, approximately 20 years ago, and there's been no conviction, um, no headway, no nothing. So yeah. it's like there's something that's very vital to this case that's completely missing, and no one knows what it is. Yeah. And also another thing is that it was just so much overkill. Like, why? Yes. First of all, she's a child. I don't think it would take more than, like, I guess, a decent amount of strength to, like, over yes. overcome her, overtake yeah. her. And they tased her twice. Yes. They I find that her. I also one thing I do want to add is where did this person get a stun gun from? Mm-hmm. The oh, fact yeah. that she had those marks on her face and back, I'm like, where and why would whoever committed this? Why would they first have that with them? Either a family member already in the house or entering the house. Why mm-hmm. would you bring that? And then like you said, like why was it such overkill? Like what was the like I said, like, if it honestly was an adult overpowering a mm-hmm. child, like, the rope would not be necessary to restrain mm-hmm. the child, the stun gun. So that's, like, mm-hmm. kind of what leads also to the nine-year-old because mm-hmm. then it's, like, their strength is kind of at an equal balance. Yeah. So I think those are – that's just, like, a very strange mm-hmm. aspect of, like, the overkill. Because if an adult did this, all they would really need is just their two hands to overpower yeah. a kid. Yes. To, like, just grab them and get a hold of them. But it was three different things. Mm-hmm. It was the rope, it was yes. the fracture on the top of the skull, yes. and it was the stun gun marks. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, really – How? Why so much? Why? Yeah. Why? What's exactly. the reason? Exactly. And what I find even more strange is the sexual assault that occurred afterwards or even, like, be- before. It's, yeah. like – you know, whoever did this, like, had, like, those poor intentions Mm -hmm. of, like, going in, and I think it also just, I think that also raises the question of, like, family, because then, like, that even, like, further complicates the entire case, and, like, what's going on in the family dynamic, and what was really going on inside that household, Mm -hmm. versus, you know, an intruder who already had those, you know, ill intentions, and that ill mindset going into the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, definitely, because the whole case itself, it could be this person, it could be this person. Yes. None of it makes sense to just be an intruder or just a family member. Exactly. There's but something missing. All the yeah. evidence is so spread out, and it's very... You can find connections between some of it, and it'll lead you to one person. Yes. But then when you look at it from a different angle, it takes you a completely different route, and you're just like, I don't know what to believe. Yes. Because none of it is cohesively clicking all together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think... I don't know. It sounds like that was strategic in the way that... And one thing I remember us discussing a while back was um, the father rolling her up in the rug. Yes. That, like you said, like, I think it's a sign of um, remorse, like, not looking at the face, Mm -hmm. not looking at, like, you know, who you did kill Mm -hmm. or who you committed this crime to. I think having her rolled up and having her, you know, like, away Mm -hmm. and having that, like, dissociation. if you thought that she was still alive. Why on earth would you roll your yes. kid up in a rug yeah. if you still thought that she was alive? You would just immediately pick her up. Would, yeah. Mm-hmm. That not, that doesn't make sense. None of it does. Yeah, I think it's definitely like the, you, it's a, your victim, you can't look at them in the face. Exactly. Yeah. That's one thing I found was very interesting was rolling up in the rug just because a lot of times that's a ritual that a lot of killers 
do, you mm-hmm. know, when you don't want to look kill like your victim in the face yeah. and, you know, really take into account that this happened. And like you said, I think it had to do with possibly, you know, family guilt, you know, yeah. of what had happened, what they'd let happen, um, more so than possibly an intruder coming in. And also another thing was there was no signs of forced entry. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like how would the intruder have gotten in the house in the first place? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So all in all, no one really someone has to know what happened that night. Yes. There's someone out there who knows. However, we may never know, which is so frustrating, honestly. I'm one of those people I, I want to know everything, you know? Yes. But very interesting case overall. Hopefully one day we'll find out. Yeah, but thank you all for tuning in to Spill the Tea over this case of JonBenet Ramsey.